0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy! Hey guys, it's Sana. And actually what's really exciting is we're currently sitting in a room at Y'all West but we're coming to you for some other exciting stuff that I did.
1: Yes, and Y'all West by the way is the Young Adult Literature Festival that, um that actually Margaret Stoll and her entire community of authors. Margaret Stoll, the writer of Life of Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. So she brings together a bunch of young adult authors, a bunch of teens, tweens from all around the city. It's actually super fun. And they've been doing a lot to promote comics. We had a, a
0: great group of uh, people that came and saw us at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So yes. thanks for coming out if you were there. And if and if not, I'm sure you'll see us at another con in the future. Cough, cough, Comic Con. Yeah. Cough. So what do we got on this podcast, so actually, the last time I was out in LA because I've been to LA a lot of times, a lot of times this year, I had the opportunity to talk to two of the epic women from Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Olivia Holt and Emma Lahana. We actually haven't had them on the podcast uh, before, so it was actually a great honor to talk to the two of them, and uh, especially with the launch of season two now on Freeform, and we talked a little bit about like you know coming into season two and what the characters would be developed for both of them, and with Olivia playing Dagger and
1: uh, Emma coming into a role of two different characters, which I think was really interesting. So I admittedly have not started this most recent season. I loved season one. I thought it was fantastic. I'm loving actually all of the, the Marvel shows that are on right now and particularly Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. I think it's like more my speed. You know, it's sort of like teen friendly and like I think I'm like a teen. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sada like, it's a teen. <laughs> in her 30s. <laughs> (laughs) So young in my heart. But it's really good. Like the season, season one was fantastic. I've heard great things about season two, and both those actresses are just really great really engaging on screen very unexpected I love the way Olivia plays her character there's like this you think she's like this goody two shoes and there's there's like this layer of mystery and darkness around her and it's just it's super fun I'm jealous I wasn't there I didn't even get to talk to them I wish
0: you had been there because we yeah. uh, we, I mean, we had like a great conversation about women's anger and how uh, you know dealing with that on screen and then we talked a little bit about animals from south of America uh, we okay. talked about we talked about about like lavas and alpacas at the end and it was it was just a great like fun moment um to sort of just talk and just have a good time because I mean honestly isn't that what we're all about it's
1: just chatting just and chatting. having a good time yeah just chatting 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 um well I'm looking forward to hearing the conversation so let's just go straight to it
2: I was running a bunch in vans and I woke up one morning and my ankles were so weak I couldn't stand up and I was like, I can't go into work. And I said, my (laughs) wankles? that's cute <laughs> i said my winkles and i but i was like in my head you know like when your brain like thinks a little bit more before like you start speaking but i feel so. like you're
3: such a cute delight that
4: you don't have ankles and you do in fact have, have winkles. winkles
2: yeah I, I feel amazing. like if you
4: also said it in a slightly different accent <laughs> it would have probably been totally okay oh, <laughs> ab- oh
0: absolutely if you had, like
4: said it in a, ki- kiwi accent, oh, in a kiwi accent everything's a kiwi accent i've got a couple winkles, winkles? Okay, so I'm actually going to welcome you to the podcast. (laughs) Hello, Olivia. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Emma. Hello. I'm so happy for you guys to join us. I feel like the, you know, when they first announced Cloak & Dagger, they're these two iconic characters in the Marvel Universe that really had a unique storyline that really made sense to the comic period. But I feel like Freeform's done such a great job of bringing it into 2018, 2019, because of the diverse characters that you guys both play. I mean, a female detective and sort of switching up the roles of Cloak & Dagger in the comic, obviously. But what is it about you guys, you know, playing this role on the show with such a great community of cast and crew? You guys are on your second season now. Like, was it so great for you guys to come back for season two?
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: I mean, we're really lucky. We have a diverse writer's room. I
3: could tell as soon as I read my character breakdown when I auditioned, that there were women involved in the conversation because they allow our characters to be complicated, which is really ref- refreshing as women. So often I think it's you're kind of playing a character that, essentially is there to forward a male storyline and we don't have that we have these scenes with each other that are you know three pages long or more and we don't talk about crushes or boys or anything like that we're talking about everything else and these characters are able to be you know fully fledged individuals on in their own right and not in regards to a male storyline or how they fit into that relationship.
2: Absolutely yeah I mean I'm sure as most people know you don't really get a script until you are officially a part of the project. And I was very unfamiliar with the comics. And so I went in and I read the first comic before I auditioned. And I mean, it's based in that era. But what I love is like that we are sort of taking it into a more modern day what it's like, you know, in 2018, 2019, like what society in this world looks like. And, you know, as a whole, not just, not just as a woman, but also as a young white woman or, you know, a young black male or, you know, I mean, we're sort of like talking about each and every piece of culture and, you know, how some of those things have been dehumanized and minimized in so many aspects. Yeah. And I just love
3: the fact as well that we have Olivia's character who is a lot more harder and hardened. And then you have Aubrey's character who is almost more emotional and shows more emotion. You don't see that often on on television.
2: Now we're breaking those stereotypes for sure.
4: I mean, it's also, it's a show about superheroes, but it's not at all, which I think is really great because like, you know, this is, we're in the moment of day where superhero movies are everywhere and uh, there's always a trailer or a thing or dropping, but it's a show about humans that might happen to have powers and how they deal with those powers because I think that's the one thing that Marvel characters always struggle with is they
2: all, they have faults, right? Mm -hmm. Every script that we get, it doesn't feel like it's, you can't really predict you know what's going to happen and i think that's what's so fascinating is like we're sort of we're sort of storytelling from a fantasy realm but also bringing in the elements of reality which i think that's what makes our show so unique and special is the fact that like storytelling from like a perspective of a young girl or a young boy or a detective who is also been hardened in some you know aspects moving from New York to New Orleans and everybody has their own little niche it's like they have like a character trait that makes everything so different and I mean truly unique like there it really isn't anything like it which I think is sort of separates us in in, in certain ways
3: yeah and it's not you know these characters that they're not led by the fact that they have these powers you get to know who they are it's individual and really root for them and understand their hardships and what makes them tick. And then, you know, the superpower element is secondary, essentially.
2: So it makes you just, I think, root for them even more. Because you watch how they cope with mm-hmm. their issues that they have already and the baggage that they have. You watch them sort of grasp and understand and sort of go through the motions of what that's like. But then on top of that, they have mm-hmm. developed these superpowers and they have to try and figure out how to cope with that as well. So they have a lot under their belt. I don't know how they
3: do it. And also the fact that yours are, you know, really brought on by emotions that you feel. I yeah. think it's just such a beautiful element. So Very it's not just like, oh, driven. let me just bring out a dagger. But it's when you're, you know, triggered by something. Right. And that just, again, makes you so much more invested because you go along with the story and you can feel what she's feeling and you know how much more it means for her to be able to manifest that light dagger.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it's so important for young women, you know, especially watching Freeform because, you know, as women, all three of us have gone through obviously puberty and our teenager's ages. What? There was so much what? Not yet. (laughs) Are we all permanently ever 14? (laughs) I'm still waiting for my
3: boobs.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like women struggle with these emotions and we're told not to have emotions Mm -hmm. and we're told that emotions make us weak. And I feel like that another one of those elements is sort of anger, Right. As women, we're not necessarily allowed to be angry. I'm using quotations. I remember growing up and being told I was cute when I was angry. Mm. And that's so, like, condescending and so frustrating because you want to be respected for you as a woman, but you struggle with so. So there's, I feel like the show taps into that, like, what is anger and what does it mean? Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, too, between
3: season one and two for my character is in season one you see her come up against – a lot of stuff that women in male driven industries come up against and she's called a bitch all the time. And, you know, she really kind of swallows it and doesn't really as, as strong as she is, she doesn't really do anything with that. And she's burying a lot. And then now there's this other side of her that's come out and this is obviously airing after the premiere. So we know at this point that I'm two separate characters and I think it's a really interesting sort of metaphor for the fact that you didn't allow this rage and this anger, you kept trying to squash it. And now it's become a completely separate part of you that you can't control anymore. Yeah. I mean anger
4: is definitely it, it can turn you bad or good or mm. it can drive you. I think yeah. for women, anger can drive you. Yeah. But it can also weaken you because you get lost in the anger and it depends on the character mm-hmm. well, and struggles.
3: And and what's really interesting is, you know, when you go through the stages of grief actually is anger is such an important emotion because that's actually what helps you get out of bed and continue. Um it's a really it's a driving force and it is something that is necessary. But we so often just make it a negative thing as opposed to setting back and accepting it, and figuring out how we can actually use it to help ourselves in in moments of
2: struggle. I think everything you guys are describing is Tandy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> totally. No, yeah. It totally yeah. is. Like she's dealing with grief, and one of you know the levels of grief, like dealing with that, is anger. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that has to do with you know the the emotions that she's dealt with with her dad. And then going into season two, I think she puts it in perspective a little bit better. She, I mean, the world is taken from her, so she's you know taking it back and. But she's also like the most driven and ambitious and doesn't take no for an answer. Yeah. And it's only through, you know, obviously media
4: that we become more comfortable in the things that we want to be. You know, it's only through different things like, the you know, the year of the woman and stuff like that, that more, you know, allies will step up and, because and, I think it's just like how we all grew up, that this expectation of like, what is a boy in the box and what is a girl in her box? And also you know, your show is dealing with some crazy topics every year, like this, you know, sex trafficking, like that's in and itself a huge topic that is is an important topic, especially in this moment in time. And things like that, they're like heavy topics, like how do you guys come to set and you're like, are you just, you just like, do you put it in a box or do you just tackle it head on?
3: I mean it's probably different every day kind of depending on where I think it's the scene or the environment yeah I think we kind of try to kind of go into it and then you know when you have a moment lunch break or a bit of time off you try to kind of give yourself a bit of respite because it is it is pretty um heartbreaking we had some really hard scenes to shoot this year and they're really heartbreaking and they're really important and I think it's amazing that we have this platform where we can, you know, share these stories and hopefully make people who don't feel seen, people who don't feel heard that we're opening that conversation and giving them that platform. But for us, yeah, there's definitely a moment where it gets really heavy and it gets really hard. But at the end of the day, we just want to make a really good show that's a responsible show. So we all pull together to do it and then, you know, try to kind of find some moments that
2: are a bit lighter and full of joy. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, sometime during, you know, mid-season where it is pretty heavy. And I think it's, like, the physicality and emotionally and, like, mentally is, like, really challenging. But um, like Emma said, trying to, like, create raw, organic, like, authentic moments and, like, not glamorizing it in any way because I think television does that a lot. They talk about real life issues, but then the way that they show it doesn't feel real. And so I don't think people are really grasping and understanding exactly what's happening in our world. And we have tried really hard not to glamorize it, to like be really, really open and raw and show as much as possible to open up a conversation and then to also show people how to take action on it.
3: And also educating ourselves on what was going on by watching documentaries and reading and and making sure that we really knew what we were kind of talking about and and tackling. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Those topics are sometimes so deep and so intense. I mean, we are in a 24-7 news cycle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's too much and sometimes Mm -hmm, you need to take a step back. But sometimes taking things, topics, you know, like women's anger and sex trafficking and these, you know, like obviously like um, drug and alcohol abuse and stuff like that, like and putting it in a way that is a story that's, a fictional universe but still possible you know like yeah. nuance feels real and the scenes mm-hmm. and everything feels real so it helps young girls and boys try to figure that all out and what it means so well I think you know kind of what we were saying about before we
3: really spent season one Um, allowing the audience to understand these characters, it almost in a way makes those topics that are really hard and difficult to understand, it it makes it a little bit more digestible and it probably makes people a bit more open to hearing about it and listening about it because you become invested in these characters' lives as opposed to you know a 10, 15-minute segment on CNN or something where people can easily just kind of shut off. But in this way, you're invested and we do have that fantasy element so it also gives the audience a little bit of a break while we're continuing to deal with these heavy subject matters.
2: We're entertaining, but we're also, you know, trying to make an impact on people and give them a takeaway and educating them, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, what was it
4: like for you guys to, to do season one and then come back for season two? You had a successful season, a great storyline. What do you want to bring to your characters for season two? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we just looked at each other like that. Um, do you want to share, share like, answers? Dun, dun, dun. No, I like, I think, you know, season one was. We had the training wheels on, you know. It was like we are sort of trying to fi- – it was a slow burn. sort of trying to figure out exactly who our characters are as individuals. But then we're also figuring out who they are together, what they can do together, what their powers are, what they're capable of, what they're not capable of. And season two, I think we're going into it with – we're gaining more perspective, we're gaining more opinions, we're everything is more enhanced, you know. I think now they have a better grip of what their powers can do and we really do see this season how Tandy and Tyrone are better together than they are apart and the journey that they go on together, the things that they tackle together and then, you know, bringing Mayhem into the into the mix, it adds a whole new dynamic and I think I'm really just like looking forward for everybody to see the growth that they've they've made and we'll definitely watch them learn some pretty big lessons this season two
3: for me it was like season one and season two were almost completely different shows because i was playing a completely different character and so <laughs> now i have these two characters to play um by the way she totally crushed it so everyone nice. was so like so impressed so with nice. how she did this but it was interesting because I auditioned as Bridget. So, you know, the creators and the network and the studio approved me as Bridget. And then so playing Mayhem, I almost felt like a really long audition. Because <laughs> I was like, Are you, is this okay? Are you, <laughs> am I doing what you want? I don't know. So that kind of was nerve wracking. But once I kind of started to feel like I was you know getting into the swing of things and figuring out exactly what to do then it became fun and Mayhem is really fun to play and I definitely she's my favorite of the two obviously because she's just you know she's kind of a badass and I never I'm also more like Bridget in real life I'm a lot more I think polite and would play by the rules more I'm not at all like Mayhem so it's it's fun to play that role because it's such a departure from who I who I think I am
4: I kind of want to see someone cosplay, like the two of them. We're <laughs> like, I mean, that's the one thing that comes with sort of fandom in the Marvel world is now you go to these conventions and you get to meet people that have watched you become these characters and also cosplay.
2: Like, have you guys seen any of your, uh, cosplays of yourselves yet? Yeah, like a couple of like, weeks yeah, ago, we don't. were at an event and this girl came up to me in um, Tandy's outfit in the first episode of first season and the beanie, the jean jacket and the skirt. It was super accurate. It was like I almost was like, I like your oh, wait a (laughs) second. This (laughs) looks familiar. And you're like weird flashback. was (laughs) Like why do you look so cute? (laughs) um, Yeah, so stuff like that is obviously really cool. And I actually got to talking with her and she's a big fan of the show and she loves, you know, Tandy, the character. She said, you know, I I relate to her in so many different ways. And obviously that makes us feel really good because it feels like, you know, we're creating an authentic story where people can do that. They can look at a character and be like, whoa, I'm so much like her. And I was like... What parts of Tandy are you like? Just curious. Do I need (laughs) to 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 hold (laughs) on to my wallet? Are you (laughs) as cynical as she is? Because if so, we need to throw some optimism your way. (laughs) Are Um, you okay? Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's still so surreal. Like we'll go to some of these conventions and people will be so excited. And we actually showed, you know, the, our first episode of season two at WonderCon a couple weeks ago and everybody just seemed really thrilled with where the story is going to go. And that makes us really happy because we obviously put in a lot of hard work and not just the cast, but the crew. And I mean, everybody feels really passionate about it. So for us, like the feedback that we get, especially the positive One's um are are great the
3: negative stuff is fun not the not. negative stuff is fun too so i not guess not, not people not. are talking about it don't read so, the comments yeah, yeah. I read never read comments. Re- never read the comments
2: ever <laughs> we bring our best every single day and that's all you really can do and it's a huge collaboration and yeah. there's we have like us as a cast we have so much creative control and you don't really get that in projects so for us like it really does feel like a baby that we're all helping grow yeah. up That was a r- really a weird a example, squid, but glass, <laughs> yeah.
4: petri dish. It's the baby They're like all. three now. Is the baby like two and a
3: half? I think, the think baby is ageless. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ageless baby.
2: <laughs> I'm like the visual that I'm getting in my head is so, it's so weird
3: because it's even... kind of like a combo of you and Aubrey and Joe and me. Okay, and goodbye and Paul goodbye.
4: Udo.
0: <laughs> I just had a, an image of the baby. Oh, what was that show in the nineties? L- yes,
3: <laughs> my With favorite the really show. Terrible yeah. digital dancing baby <laughs> Terrible. Hey, I, mean, I love not- that show. Okay, now. You know, the show that made me want to be an actor. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bathrooms. You just want to hang out <laughs> in the bathroom? I was just so bathroom. obsessed with Calista Flocka in that show. Yeah. Well, when do I know? Guys, I mean, I've yeah, never even seen that.
2: I was born in the late 90s. <laughs> I've never seen this yeah, show. I don't even know what we're talking about. It was really about.
3: groundbreaking at okay. the time.
2: All right. Respect. And it was
3: also, you know, for women to play lawyers on television was like a big deal.
4: Well, talking about rom-coms, actually one of the fun questions we've been asking a lot of people this year is what food would your characters order for takeout? And is it the same or different from what you guys would order?
3: Oh, well, I'm a vegan. I don't, <laughs> don't know if may,
2: mayhem you can I order, feel like
3: you're in LA, you can order takeout here. Oh, no, I just ate about 17 pounds of veggie grill.
2: I honestly don't know what Tandy would order for takeout. Would out. she order? Would she just thieve it? Yeah, she, order <laughs> she would honestly just find would a way it be like into a the po kitchen boy and maybe a po' boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's from New Orleans, and I feel like. New Orleans is maybe Like her vibe I but, but I wouldn't I As Olivia I don't think I would Order a po'boy I think I would like Go into the movie theater And ask oh, yeah. to Get some popcorn From the concession stand Not even see a movie And then leave she <laughs> has That's like not even yeah. Technically takeout But it's my version Of takeout You know you
4: can make Popcorn at home right? Oh but she does it's too. Not, No
2: it's not the same <laughs> With that like It's not the same You do make good popcorn buttery? I do make great, great Yeah because yeah. I Okay I have Borderline obsessed With popcorn Like if borderline. I could eat it For breakfast Lunch and dinner And every single yeah. snack in between, I would. Wow. I'm actually worried about Bridget's
3: diet, to be honest, from when I've been in her apartment and I look around with what the art department's done. i like, you have no fiber.
4: Like, do you ever go to the bathroom,
3: Bridget? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, crackers, rice, like, it's a nightmare. Her kitchen is a nightmare.
4: What yeah. do you guys eat for craft services
2: then? then in... Oh, um, we feel like we just switch it up. I don't yeah, know. We have like... those Vega protein bars. Yeah. Well, first season, times. they did have a popcorn machine on set. And <laughs> Charles and I, our DP, would constantly, like, if they couldn't find us, they would just go to Crafty, <laughs> and him and I would just be, like, snacking on popcorn and chatting. <laughs> um, But they didn't bring it back for second season. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> probably because <laughs> so they could never, never find, find the DP <laughs> and our actress. <laughs> they were like, where are they? So they didn't bring it back second season, unfortunately.
4: So, wait, what would Mayhem order for takeout? I don't know. I feel like she'd just eat people.
2: (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do you think she'd just eat like
4: steak tartare, like raw? I don't know. I
3: just don't even want to imagine that because it's like, I feel like that's my mouth and I don't like the idea of putting (laughs) cow in my mouth at all. I don't know. Mayhem, I feel like, would be, I don't know. I'm going to go with Mayhem being a vegan as well. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel think, like she, I don't
2: like. I don't think she would be a vegan. Well,
3: let's just go with it. You know,
2: you just want her to be a vegan. I do. So bad. Yeah, I do. It's okay. Okay. I feel like she's
3: been in a slaughterhouse, and she's like, "I'm not going to do that." She okay. like freed the cows. All right, I respect. And so she's that. like, "Fine, I'll eat some tofu."
2: <laughs> she <settled. laughs> yeah. settles. Settles, but she's like, tofu. "I'll do it. I'm That's not funding this." <laughs>
4: she just freed that cow. That there was a cow running amok in New York City like a week or two weeks ago, oh. and it was like whenever like animals get out, like it's it's like international news isn't it though i've noticed yeah.
1: that like, yeah. What?
4: Yeah. <laughs> like what i mean yeah. i do remember was the llamas was it the llama or the alpacas yes do you remember it was out here yeah. in california yeah. And it was like they were like escape for like three hours. Those, oh, freedom those for three llamas hours.
3: <laughs> yeah, and like, they spit at you too if you get too close too fast. Just yeah. a little llama fact for <laughs> you there. Yeah.
4: Well, I wanna thank you both for joining. This was actually a great conversation and I'm hoping everyone goes and, and watches season two of Clinton Dagger on Freeform go check it out and thank you so much Emma and Olivia for joining us thank you for having us sorry it got
2: weird there for a minute (laughs) that's right (laughs) we're gonna just go off mic and talk about uh, llamas and alpacas perfect let me do it cool (laughs) thank you
0: (laughs) thanks again to Olivia and Emma for joining us but make sure you guys go check out season 2 of Marvel's Cloak and Dagger airing now on Thursdays on Freeform or you can stream it online yeah guys I'm excited (laughs) Uh, Actually, we've got some exciting housekeeping news as we are going into June soon, and it is going to be World Pride for the first time in New York City, especially to honor the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, which was pretty much the start of the LGBTQ rights movement in the United States. New York City is doing a big to-do, and we'd love to be a part of that, so we're looking to do a a great conversation with fellow LGBTQ creators and writers and fans, so stay tuned for some exciting news For those in New York, maybe there might be something for you to come to. And if not, it'll definitely be up here on the
1: podcast. Yes. So definitely check out um, the Win Marvel podcast for more information. We also have, of course, Comic-Con coming up in July where we're going to be doing a whole hubbub of activity. Hubbub. Hubbub. Affected. I like that. I like yeah.
0: hubbub. Also, I don't know what
1: it, mean, what it means, but it just means things are going on. Well,
0: I mean, this summer is is such a great celebration for us. The end of June will be the fifth anniversary of the podcast. San Diego Comic-Con will be our 10th anniversary for the panel. And it also will be our 200th episode. God, we've
1: been talking a lot.
0: Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a great way to <laughs> end the podcast. Hey guys, come
0: back for more <laughs> for us to talk to you more. Um, as always, if you have questions or suggestions, you can email us at womanofatmarvel or you can tweet at Marvel with hashtag women of marvel.
1: As always, always this is Marvel, your universe.